Hello and welcome to Running the Race Podcast, a pastoral perspective on living the Christian life in our day. This podcast is a ministry of First Baptist Church of Gonzales, Louisiana, and to learn more about who we are and what we believe, head over to our website, www.fbcg.net. You can listen to more episodes, check out our pastor's blog, or use some of the other really great resources over at the site. Today's topic is Knowing the Will of God. Our speakers today are Jim Law, Senior Pastor of First Baptist Gonzales, and our Minister to Students, Alex Ray. In this episode, Brother Jim and Alex define the will of God, including an understanding of both His sovereign and commanded will. Next, they answer the question, how can we know what God's will is? And finally, they discuss how to live with God's pleasure on your life. This is Alex Ray here with Pastor Jim Law at FBC Gonzalez, and today we're talking about a really um, interesting and helpful uh, topic. I think it's uh, important and, and um, maybe not talked about as much explicitly as I think it probably uh, should be, and I know for, for myself anyways. And so I'm interested in talking about this with you, Jim. And uh, The question that we're asking today is, is, how can I know the will of God, or what does it mean to know the will of God? And and so when I think about um, some verses that come um, to my attention when I think about this, is uh, maybe one of those is, is Psalm 143, verse 10, where the prayer is to teach me, uh, t- speaking to God, teach me to do your will, uh, for you are my God. Ephesians 5 talks about uh, knowing uh, the will of God, understanding what the will of the Lord is. And so there, there's certainly a biblical commandment and a biblical mandate when it comes to knowing the will of God. But what what other verses or uh, passages may come to your mind uh, uh, on this topic. Well, you know, it's just looking uh, at the initial question, why are we talking about this? I, I can't think of anything more important pastorally for those uh, who um, uh, take the Bible seriously and would even be asking the question in their life, what is God's will for me? Mm-hmm. Uh, God is a God of order. He's a, a God who gives directives and commands. Uh, he's a God with purpose. Uh, he's a God who is the source of fulfillment and satisfaction. Um, and so, knowing that he is uh, bringing all things to completion in Christ, this is a this is a question we 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 need to th- be thinking about and trying to process. I think this is important in how we do theology. Uh, our friend Wayne Grudem mentioned in his systematic, God's will is is that attribute of God whereby He approves and determines to bring about every action necessary for existence and activity of himself with all creation. And so the definition indicates that God's will has to do with decide, his deciding and approving uh, different things. And so when we look at, you mentioned a few verses, but the, throughout the scripture, there is much uh, said mm-hmm. and set forth on, on, on God's will. And I think of Romans 12 in particular in the New Testament where Paul uh, says, I urge you, I appeal to you, I admonish you um, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. So understanding the Christian life as really the presentation of ourself to God in a moment-by-moment life, uh, in our life, moment-by-moment, and that it's possible to live in such a way that um, this living sacrifice is holy and acceptable to him, well-pleasing to him, and that this is true worship. Mm-hmm. And in verse 2, he goes on to say that we're not to be conformed um, to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And that's the key, I think, right. in understanding the will of God, because he goes on to say in Romans 12, 2, that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God. Right. So this is something that we can know, 
and should strive to know. And this idea of discerning is uh, the idea of testing uh, for approval uh, to distinguish. Um, So I think, Alex, maybe in just defining our terms, um, since it is from Genesis to Revelation, that that God is sovereign. Mm -hmm. Uh, How are we to understand um, um, God's will? And I think the important thing is uh, maybe seeing that the Scripture teaches uh, two wills of God. Right. Yeah. And then that's exactly right. I think what for our purposes today, we can we can um, distinguish between these two and say that one would be the sovereign will of God and the other one would be the commanded or uh, some have called it the preceptive will of God. I think R.C. Sproul called it the preceptive will of God. But when we say the sovereign will of God, we might say that um, the, the, sovereign, the sovereign will of God is when, for when God says for something that to happen, it happens, that there is no... Um, chance that it doesn't happen. So for example, uh, when God calls for light to come in creation, that mm-hmm. the light comes, uh, there, there's no chance that it, it won't come, that, that, is, that God commanding it, God, uh, in the sense of, in this sense, that God is sovereign over all things, and because he is sovereign over all things, what he wants to bring to pass will come to pass, that there is no chance that it won't. And so when we talk about the sovereign will, God said this is going to happen, so therefore it happened. But as you know, there's a difference between that and what we might call the commanded will of God. What what would be the difference between those two? Right. Okay. When I think of the sovereign will of God, that God has ordained all things that will come to pass. And he did that um, in eternity past. He's... um, 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 you know, he's not bound by time, and creation is the unfolding of his plan. So I think of God's sovereign will uh, as Deuteronomy twenty nine twenty nine, for instance, uh, that the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us. So mm-hmm. there are aspects of God's will that we won't know in this life. We don't know when Jesus is coming back. We don't know the day of our death. Mm-hmm. But we can be assured, according to Psalm one thirty nine sixteen, that uh, the number of our days... Uh, are are kept by the Lord. He knows the day we're going to die. That mm-hmm. should be a comfort to us. And so when we look at his sovereign will, uh, there's an unfolding um, of this will as history moves forward, but we don't, uh, we don't know the details of those things. Mm-hmm. But we do know that all things will be um, uh, brought to... Um, to a, a purpose and, and with with the coming of Christ and the establishing of God's order. Yeah, I think one of the nice things about to, to remember about the sovereign will of God too is that God never says oops. You know, he, he never makes a mistake. He, he nothing catches him off guard. He doesn't have a snooze button. So that everything that happens, and we'll get more into this, I think, in a little bit as far as whether it's um, good or bad, what we would call good or bad, ultimately anything that we go through is never purposeless. That there's always a purpose uh, mm-hmm. behind it. We may not know what that is. I think we'll get more into that later. But um, there, that that he, he never says oops. He never gets caught off guard and that everything is under his sovereign control. You know, I think of Ephesians one eleven, for instance, um, that, that God accomplishes all things according to the counsel of his will. All things. And this is this idea here is seeing everything in creation um, that he is bringing that to a meaningful conclusion. I, I think as well as we look at a, at a world that's uh, chaotic and fractured and broken and groaning. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned Sproul, a comment that he has made uh, or made through his uh, ministry was that there's not some radical molecule out there that's going to 
overthrow God's sovereign mm-hmm. sovereign reign of the universe. Yeah, I think I think Piper calls it no maverick molecules. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is more alliterative, but yeah. And uh, you know, something from my seminary um, experience was I, I just got a lot out of chapel. And one of the things I remember, I, I you know was saved when I was twenty, and so I was on the seminary campus just two years later, mm-hmm. and I just uh, couldn't believe that I was able to study the Bible full time, you know, mm-hmm. and prepare for ministry. That was just such an exciting moment. And um, but on the on the marble entrance to the seminary is Revelation four eleven, where it says, "Thou didst create all things, and by your will." They existed and were created, mm-hmm. and I thought, "Wow, that's a that's a great statement of God's sovereign sovereign will that mm-hmm. He's in control of all things." Now, let's move on to the commanded will, Alex. Okay, because if we don't make this distinction, um, it, it it gets muddled in a hurry, and um, it can a lot, cause a lot of confusion. So, when you think of God's commanded will, what what scripture comes to your mind? When I think about uh, um, God's commanded will, I, I think of any of the number of um, command from scripture, uh, mandate from scripture to do this or that. Uh, it's like, for example, uh, for Thessalonians chapter four, says, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. And so part of the, so, uh, so Paul is connecting that the will of God is connected with us, that we abstain from sexual immorality. But of course we, we know that's not, that's not the case. We don't, we don't do that. We often fall short quite often. Uh, and, um, a lot from that. And so the difference, I think, between these two, that the sovereign will, uh, by definition, is never not going to happen. If God decrees it, it's going to happen. However, uh, by contrast, though, the commanded will are, are instructions given by God, but but these sometimes these don't happen. So, for example, when we see the commandment to um, abstain from sexual immorality, we can just look at our lives and see that we fall short of that quite a bit. So these, these are things that, don't come to pass, but it doesn't in any, in any way or sense undermine his sovereign control of all things. What do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's that's a good way to see it. When the Bible speaks and gives a directive, for example, the Ten Commandments, mm-hmm. those are operative. They're reaffirmed in the in the new in the New Testament um, as God's moral law to us. Um, we don't read the Ten Commandments and then negotiate, right? We don't read the Ten Commandments and then. Um, uh, you know, try to, to alter them. We say, I need to live within these boundaries. Mm-hmm. And that's really, I think, one of the challenges pastorally is, uh, you know, first of all, how many people are really seeking, thinking seriously about God's will in their life? You know, and so I, I think when we look at his commanded will, you mentioned First Thessalonians 4.3, this is the will of God, mm-hmm. that you abstain from sexual immorality. And um, that's not something we need to pray about. Right. In the sense that, no, I need to live my life within these boundaries and not negotiate on what I think is reasonable or not. Right. There's no guesswork here in this sense because God's already, he'd already said it. And so yeah. we don't have to wonder what, what he feels about this because he'd already, he'd already said it. Yeah. I think of 1 Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Yeah. I mean, think of having that in your mind saying, this is how I need to view the world. Mm-hmm. And certainly there's mourning, certainly there are difficult times, but his commanded will. And so, um, you know, I think it might be helpful to, to, to just look at, um, you know, how do we, you know, bring this into our decision-making. Um, and in our second question here, Alex, just um, how do we know what God's will is? Right. 
And I think there's some important considerations, you know, for those who are listening in and, and are a part of this conversation today. How do I, um, how do we know what God's will is? Mm-hmm. And I think looking at some prerequisites would be important is first of all, um, do I know, uh, God's saving grace through Jesus Christ? Mm-hmm. That is the covenant that God has established through the work of his son. And if I'm living outside of that and I'm not um, a follower of Christ, I think from a biblical perspective, I really don't have an avenue to to understand and to pursue in obedience what God's will is. Sure. I, I think, too, um, um, Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do what I say? And there's a, the, the whole counsel of God's word. I think mm-hmm. one of the biggest questions Christians have have to face in this, certainly this generation, maybe every generation is, will I submit myself to b- biblical authority? Right. And, you know, we go back into the conversation where we never read once where Jesus questioned the authority of the Old Testament mm-hmm. and even established his own authority. You've heard it said, but I say to you. Mm-hmm. And so um, what in his high priestly prayer in John seventeen seventeen, he says, sanctify them uh, by your word. Your word is truth. Mm-hmm. And so uh, a, a sense where I'm committed to be saturated with a biblical worldview and understanding what the Bible says so that I may walk with God. Right. And it's important, too, to know that, that everybody has a worldview. The question is, what is it guided by? Either it's guided by Scripture or it's not. Um, and so when we look at different um uh, social norms and different uh, priorities and things that are that are that are uh, uh, varying moral importance uh, when it comes to whether uh, a political issues, social issues, uh, family issues, whatever it happens to be. Whenever we engage with these issues, ultimately we're going to engage um, with them and we're going to process them through some sort of framework, through some some sort of lens. And the question that we have to ask ourselves is, is that lens going to be grounded in the authority of Scripture or is it going to be grounded in something else entirely? And so when, you think about, when we think about the will of God, we, we can't do, I mean, uh, we can't do any of that apart from relying on the authority. That, that, that's our, our starting point there is relying on the authority of Scripture. And so, as you mentioned, first it takes uh, redemption, the fact that Jesus has saved us from our sin, and we're walking, uh, uh, knowing the will of God, presume first that we know God, and we're walking with God. And of course, we have the counsel of His Word. And so when I look at my life, is my life, does my life line up with Scripture? Uh, that it needs it need to be in that order. I, I don't need to say the Scripture line up with my life, but rather does my life line up with scripture because my life is in the authority scripture is. Uh, what do you think about, um, in addition to scripture, what do you think about getting, in addition to getting counsel from scripture, what do you think about getting counsel from the body, from right. other, from uh, other yeah. Christian? I think that's an important part of really assessing um, my my walk with, with Christ is when you come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, you begin to love what he loves and he loves his church and we're commanded in clear terms to be united in a body. We're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves. We're, we're called to in community, nothing could be clearer. In reading, you know, the Book of Acts and the and the letters that that uh, if you're a believer, you need to be in a body. You need to be under spiritual leadership, where the Bible is uh, taught, and you know you're gathered together to obey um, everything that Jesus commanded. So, yes, I think that's one of the one of the graces that God gives to us is um, is is the counsel of the body. And mm-hmm. we should we we should seek that in a multitude of counselors. There, there's victory, uh, mm-hmm. Proverbs says. 
And so um, we all can't see everything. The, the, we, we can't see everything we need to see on the issues of life, and we need brothers and sisters to speak truth into our life. Right, and then it it, it behooves us to have those relationships where we have trusted friends and mentors and confidants who who love us enough to tell us the things that we need to hear. If we're if we're um, maybe straying away. That they're gonna they're gonna love us enough to to, to pull us back and say, hey, listen, you're you're not going the right way. You're you're. Some, I noticed something's off here. It could be this or that, um, and so that takes uh, time to develop those relationships. But we need to have accountability for people. Uh, we need to be held accountable to others. Uh, we need to have a relationship where others can be held accountable to us. And this isn't something to to kind of beat beat each other down, but more to lift each other mm. lift, lift each other up. Uh, that 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 true love has those kind of conversations. And that when we're trying to seek the will of God, that we have people in our lives that we can go to for advice, go to for counsel. And so I think, for example, that you know back in the fall of 2016 when I joined on staff here, and prior to that I was serving uh, bivocationally in a, in a church on the West Bank of New Orleans, and and I was happy where I was, and and I and you know we um, we started that conversation, and and there was a part of me that was a little bit conflicted um, because I was happy where I was, and I sought out. Uh, I talked to my boss, um, who has served um, in a number of different ministry capacities. Uh, I talked to numerous friends of mine, uh, uh, most of whom were in ministry capacities as well. People who were close to me, people that I trusted. Um, that were in my life, um, talked with my wife, all these people I talked to about that gave me counsel. And that's all part of going to, when talk about that, when it comes to knowing what the will of, of God is, having counsel of the body, people in your life that you can talk to as you're trying to, to navigate these waters. Yeah, right. Uh, that's, that's so critical. And, you know, for there to be freedom, too, in mm-hmm. church life. Uh, you know, as pastors, we're not know-it-alls. Sure. There are different passions and giftings. Um, and desires. And so I, I think for this section, Alex, uh, just, um, you know, a little book that's been helpful to me uh, in, in, in my walk with Christ has been John MacArthur's little book, uh, Found God's mm-hmm. Will. I think half a million copies have been sold. And I uh, just would encourage um, others to, to, to look at that, um, uh, to, to bring into your, your thought processes as you seek to obey the Lord. And, and his outline is simple. Are you saved? Are you filled with the Spirit? Are you uh, presenting yourself to the Lord and, and uh, in the pursuit of holiness, are mm-hmm. you submissive to His Word, and are, have you embraced suffering that comes with the call of Christ? And and basically, he says that uh, if these things are in order, then as you're facing decisions, uh, to make them um, uh, freely and to uh, to pursue pursue the desires of your heart that are rightly governed by by these things. And so, as we look at you know moving forward and and talking about God's will i i think um for the christian we long to live with god's pleasure on our life right you know and some some are dealing with um decisions on as they're ending their youth years on where, where am i going to go to school um you know what what am i going to major in what you know just uh, should i buy this car and, you know, should I not? Or what about a job? What about marriage? What are your thoughts as you think about those things, Alex? Yeah, I think ultimately one of the things when you come back to is just, um, this was something that um, a mentor of mine said a number of years ago that really liberated me from from the stress and anxiety. 
and we talk about this idea of the will of God. And, and I remember he set the stage by saying that, you know, we, t- we tend to make it very abstract and very lofty. And as far as the will of God in my life, and I just want to know whether what, what college to go to. Right. That's the kind of question we're dealing with at the time. And, and, I, and I remember he said to me, he said, um, you want to know what the will of God is for your life? And he said, walk, walk with God and make decisions. Mm. And that just lifted a huge weight off my shoulders um, years ago when he said that to me. And so you walk with God, you're, you're, in an, you're in an active, vibrant relationship with your creator. You're seeking after him. You're practicing spiritual disciplines. You're engaged in the work of the Lord. And all these things you're doing, and then you, you make decisions. Yeah, you know, for, on that same line, Alex, something that came early in my Christian life was um, the importance of desire. Um, when I was thinking about a call to ministry and whether it's a call to vocational ministry or any other, you know, and it being an engineer or uh, a wife and mother, whatever it may be, is that desire is the only objective standard in God's word for a call to, to ministry. And what I think would be true for a call to ministry is also true for any, any pursuit. Uh, you know, we, we don't believe in a clergy laity distinctive. Mm-hmm. And so every believer is on, on call uh, regardless of what they do. And so in 1 Timothy 3.1, Paul says um, that those who would serve as an elder, pastor, overseer, if they desire the work, they desire a good thing. Mm-hmm. So I think that's an important consideration for, for a Christian is, you know, what do I desire to do? What do I have a passion to do? What is it in my life that I just want to put a map of it on the wall, and mm-hmm. that's what I want to pursue? Right. Um, I think those are important, you know, questions because often, wrongly, <laughs> just in talks about God's will, Christians often think, "Well, you know, you know how God is." Um, I'm not sure I want to know His will, which is ludicrous. Right. Um, you know, I don't. Do I really want to know what God's will is for a mate? You know, and it's this weird thought that somehow he's going to bring you up a young man with a third eye or, you know, something that's totally unpleasing to you. I think that really is a dishonor, Mm -hmm. but looking at, you know, what Avenue do I want to pursue is, um, you know, what do I desire to do? And, and considering other things that go along with that. Mm -hmm. So in one sense, Alex, pastorally, there's a mystery to God's will, his sovereign will. We don't know all the details of how he's going to unfold everything. Right. But there his, it, it, he has given us a commanded will by which we can discern what is the, you know, what is the will of God and to mm-hmm. do it with all of our heart. Right. And I, and I think it's important, too, when we add that thing about moving forward with this, it's also the, the necessity and the importance of prayer. I'm reminded mm-hmm. of what Paul said in Colossians 1, where right. he said that we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. And so here you see Paul praying for, uh, for his brothers and sisters to know the will of God. And that's a good, a good um, example for us to follow as well, uh, well, as well, that are we praying that our brothers and sisters know the will of God. Am I praying that for myself? Am I praying mm. that for my fellow right. brothers? You and know, sisters? and so going back to, you know, what we need to consider is, am I in a saved relationship with Jesus, a, a, you know, a saving faith relationship with Jesus Christ? Mm-hmm. Am I under the new covenant through his blood? Am I trusting in his, um, his death and resurrection for my forgiveness and eternal life? Am I receiving counsel from his word? Am I receiving counsel from my church family? And then I think some other things to consider is, is there opportunity? Mm-hmm. Um, if I want to go to an Ivy League school and there's no opportunity, um, 
you know, so that that's communicating something to me or mm-hmm. I want this job, but there's no opportunity or avenue into it. Sure. Um, I have to resign myself that that door's not open. And sometimes that can bring disappointments. Sure. Um, and, but I have found so many times looking back in retrospect on my life, just, um, I'm really glad he closed that door. Mm-hmm. I didn't need to go over there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, uh, I think it was Tim Keller that said that God, God answers your prayers the same way that you would, if you knew everything that he knows. <laughs> right. And, and yeah. that's a, that's a bit of a humbling st- statement when you think about the implication of that. You know, what about marriage too, Alex? I think that's a big uh, issue. We often say to the youth, uh, these are critical years in your life. In the next 10 years, you'll probably, probably be married. Sure. You know, what, what are you looking for? Right. Um, and, you know, just looking at how do I know God's will for this relationship? And, and we go back to our foundation, uh, mm-hmm. which is in a saving relationship. Right? Am I equally yoked with this person? Meaning, are we striving for the same things in the mm-hmm. Lord? Right. Um, are, are we committed to ser- serve God through a life purpose out of a sense of calling? Right. And it has little to do with looks, on the, although that's not unimportant, um, but looking at what the foundation is. And so I think premarital preparation is important. Mm-hmm. Every, every major decision in life um, that we're discerning and, um, and bringing all these things to bear. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And so as we, as we start to wind down here, what, what do you think some of the, maybe the main takeaways here? Um, I was thinking that, um, you know, the importance of not just being in the will of God as far as understanding it, but also the desire to be it. I, I look at, I, I look at my own life and I wonder, I ask myself, how much do I even desire that? How much do I, do I actually think about that and meditate on that fact. And I, and I heard, um, this statement by David Livingstone, who was a 19th century missionary Mm. to Africa. And he said this, he said, I had rather be in the heart of Africa in the will of God than on the throne of England out of the will of God. And so I think about priorities, you know, there's there's so much to unpack there, I think in that statement. But um, I I think that just brings back this question too. And, um, would want to leave with this thought is, uh, who's even asking the question? I pray that in light of this brief survey of what Scripture says and that really the call for us to pursue obedience unto the Lord, His will, is what we should be um, giving uh, our hearts to. And in First John two, don't love the world. Yeah, we got to be, we got to live in it, but we're not to love it. Mm-hmm. We're we're called to a different order. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Mm-hmm. For all that's in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life, it's not from the Father, but it's from the world. And this world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. And that's what we should be pursuing. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Running the Race podcast. To find out more information about our church and ministry or for more episodes, be sure to visit our website at www.fbcg.net. If you're listening on iTunes or Google Podcast, a positive review would really help us out a lot. Thanks for doing that. And if you found the podcast to be interesting and helpful, recommending us to a friend or family member that you think would benefit from listening would be a great thing. We look forward to seeing you again next time. Once again, thanks, God bless, and goodbye for now.